I've had the experience a number of times when I'm driving in our little town here, and you, I recognize somebody who's about to pass me in their car going the opposite direction, and I might wave at them or uh, smile at them, and then they're just completely oblivious. They didn't see me. They're just in the zone. They're they're lost in thought, and uh, I don't know for why, but that that experience of seeing that has always stuck with me. I remember just it's something that you just notice, and you're like, man, they just didn't see me. They just weren't present. And I mean, people got a lot going on. They're stressed out. They got family drama, the health issues and all sorts of reasons to not be fully present when they're driving. And also it's good to sometimes be lost in thought and let things be processed. But lately that experience of noticing that, and to be fair, I'm sure I've been caught doing the same thing. (laughs) Other people waving at me and me not seeing them. So this is not just a one-sided thing, but that experience of noticing that has got me thinking on the question, what does curiosity look like? What does curiosity look like? And so then I was using this car, this person in that car analogy. I was saying, okay, let's start with what does curiosity not look like? And for one thing, they're moving. And, you know, none of these are like hard and fast rules. They're just like first things that are coming to mind for me. And But like on average, curiosity looks to me like it's, like you're moving. You're not standing still, <laughs> either in a car or uh, on your feet or whatever. Um, your eyes are kind of straight ahead and, or maybe slightly down. You're just kind of seeing the frame of reality, the frame of vision that you need to see to make sure you don't crash a car or run into somebody or whatever. You know, it's just a very narrow slice. You're just like looking straight ahead kind of. Your eyes are, you know, not all the way open. They're slightly, you know, they're not like, they're not popped wide open. That's for sure. They're not trying to gather as much information as possible. Um, ears aren't perked. And I don't know if even ears being perked is a real thing. Obviously for animals, it's kind of a real thing, but we're an animal too. I feel like it is kind of a thing when my ears are really attuned to sound and when they're not. Um, but anyway, I'm using it. Ears not perked. Shoulders kind of slouched a little bit, you know, a little bit of a closed off body stance. And the breathing is pretty shallow. It's like, it's certainly not conscious, not big, big deep breaths, right? low, low flow of oxygen coming in. So then opposite of that would be of all these things. If I'm trying to describe what curiosity looks like for me, that is, I'm not trying to make this a far and fast rule for everybody, but for me, when I, when I look like what I look like when I'm curious, I believe it's stopping. So many of my most curious moments in my life, I can recall them very clearly because I stopped in the middle of wherever I was walking to or Maybe it's sometimes I pull over the car um, and just stopping. And just letting whatever is happening around me speak for a little while. And my mind goes quiet for a little while. So anyway, stopping is the first time. And then instead of that that gaze where we're just kind of looking straight ahead or slightly down, but, you know, pretty narrow visual spectrum there, I'm talking about looking straight up, like neck goes pop, you know, up to the sky, look up. And then look down. We often don't look down, like, because we just don't need to, like, to look straight down. I mean, some people do walk, I guess, relatively staring at the ground, but I'm not, I'm talking about, like, down. Like, maybe you even get, you get down and you look at the ground really closely, look at the grass really closely or something like that. And then look around, like, you're just, your head's kind of moving side to side. You're looking around, like, you're just taking things in. (laughs) And then eyes, instead of being almost closed, they're, wide open, right? 
ears open. And so when things happens for me, at least when I'm, when I'm kind of in a more attentive state is my, my head is naturally kind of tilting towards things that I'm hearing, especially subtle sounds that I want to pick up more. Um, my breathing does become more conscious, a little deeper. And then the, the body posture is just a little more upward, like a little more open, not the whole shoulders aren't quite so hunched. Yeah. And again, none of these are like, Oh, these are telltale. These are perfect signs of curiosity happening. But I do think that on average for me, this is basically what it looks like. And then, so then it got me thinking, I was like, what is, what is curiosity? Because for a long time, I've kind of superficially associated it with, um, questions. I've always had lots of questions, you know, about this and that politics and religion and science. And I just got questions. And so is that curiosity? I'm like, ah, that's maybe like a, a secondary. When I think about curiosity in this way, or in terms of these body positions and body, you know, uh, happenings, it's like the questions are really a secondary thing. So what is the primary thing? It's if I'm describing the mental state that I'm getting into by doing those things, the stopping, looking up, not you know, looking straight down, around, eyes wide, all that kind of stuff. It's like what would it? It's like open attentiveness, open attentiveness. And what's the you know what's the underlying idea behind all those body things? Because they are unusual. You know, most most of us just continue to move through our day, right? And to stop, stock still is pretty unusual. And I guess what would you be saying with your body is you're saying that there's something here worth your attention. Whereas all those other body positions I described as what curiosity does not look like. It's implicitly saying there's nothing here worth my full attention. Yeah. And so curiosity is just that open attentiveness. There's something worth paying attention to and you don't know what it is. You just, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe the word you, somebody else might use is presence open attentiveness. But then I I was, you know, thinking more because curiosity can exist completely internally too. You can kind of just ruminate, not unlike what I'm doing right now. You can ruminate inside your own head. And when you're doing that internal thing, that mental exploration, intellectual exploration, you might not be doing any of those other things, those body movements, right? You might be, you might even have your eyes closed. You might be lying down. I mean, we all have different ways we, <laughs> postures we go to when we're trying to do some deep thinking. And so maybe what I'm describing is, is not, you know, it's not synonymous with, um, with curiosity. But for me, it's, there's something so interesting that happens when you go to that state of open attentiveness, you know, using those body positions. And none of this is conscious. It's just like what I notice myself doing is that questions don't seem that far off <laughs> when you, when you're in a state of open attentiveness, you're present with that. And then you start to see the leaves rustle. And then you notice leaves on a tree that you hadn't seen before. And then for me, anyway, questions start coming pretty quickly. Like there's some, like that open attentiveness is just such a fertile field for questions just to start popping up. It's like, oh, why did that, why is that leaf red? Or, you know, why is that cloud shaped like that? And then it can be human things too. Why do we all drive trucks? It's, I'm trying to force myself to come up with some of the questions, but it's, they're not, they're not very good questions. But my point is that when you're, when I feel like I'm in that state of presence, it's like the open attentiveness very rapidly leads to 
it's open intentedness is, is not different than kind of like wonder. It's just like a state of wonder. And then wondering is the next step. The wondering is the questioning. Wonder is a very, is like that state of open attentiveness. It's like, I'm just present with what's happening here. It's worth seeing. My eyes are open. My ears are open. I'm going to feel something. And then a wondering, the questioning kind of arises from that. And then so, you know, you could ask the question is, can you, can curiosity, can you be in curiosity while being lost in thought? And it's kind of a subtle difference there, difference there because I think, you know, obviously I, I mentioned obviously that we can do very deep thinking, curious exploration completely within our own minds, not in, not in touch with the natural world at all. Um, but being lost in thought is subtly different, isn't it? It's, it's thinking without knowing you're thinking. It's aimless. It's just kind of like storylines playing off in your head, repeating in your head. Can curiosity exist in that state? It's hard to say that it can to, for me because it's kind of like a sleep state almost. It's almost like you're it's like you're daydreaming a little bit. The internal dialogue is going along. You're kind of semi-present. You're you're aware enough so you don't crash your car or bump into somebody. But that's about it in terms of your physical surroundings. I think being lost in thought doesn't work for curiosity. Internal curiosity can work. It's hard for me to kind of bridge the gap between that and what I see as the physiological manifestation of curiosity, which is what are the, what things are your, is your body doing to get in that state of open attentiveness? Yeah. Anyway, I just, I just, I want to find ways to, to live more in those, those moments, that state of open attentiveness, because it feels so freaking good. It's when I have had those experience of stopping and just, Okay. There's something worth paying attention to here. Like right now, I just heard this beautiful bird singing out outside. It's, it's, it's nighttime, but a be- beautiful song there. And, and that state of open attentiveness allows that bird song in. If I was lost in thought, it, it just wouldn't have come in. It maybe would have like, I literally might have heard it, but I wouldn't have given it any attention, Right. And then right afterward is like, is the question, what's that bird saying? Who's it talking to? How many words do they have? Do they have different dialects? You know, it's like that open attentiveness is just such fertile ground for, for wondering. And even if it wasn't, it just feels good. It just feels so good because a big part of it is you're not the center of the universe. I'm not the center of the universe. There's a universe around us and it's worth paying witness to yeah anyway just me trying to explore what curiosity might look like i've got a lot more questions about curiosity and uh this is reminding me that even though my podcast is named happy when curious there's so much still i don't understand about curiosity but i do hope you get to experience a little state of wonder state of curiosity state of uh, what we call open attentiveness this weekend And as always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on Happy When Curious. Mm